Blog Talk Radio.
on. All right, we're ready to rock. Here we go. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Festivani. Good afternoon, everybody. It is April the 2nd, 2013. I'm Storm Festivani, and you, of course, are listening to Keep It Magic. Make sure that you cruise on over and visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, we have a candle for that. So make sure that you go over and check that out. Also, to reach Jackie out the air, cruise on over to coventrycreations.com as well. Um, Jackie is available for private consultations, whether that that be healing, um, intuitive-based conversations, um, or you need a little help with some candle magic. So make sure that you check Jackie out on CoventryCreations.com as well. To reach me off the air, of course, go to www.stormsestivani.com. And um, I think that's all I have for our intro. <laughs> Welcome, it's Jackie. It's kind of like well, this is an intimate show today. Yes, it is. I it's think everybody is suffering from um, um, Easter egg coma. <laughs> or, their, or the sugar crash from... Eating the bunny. Yeah, from eating the bunny and the... The chocolate bunny, that is. The chocolate snicker bunny now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the chocolate Reese's peanut butter bunny. No Easter candy in my house this time. No? No. No, Rebecca didn't want it. Um, Phoenix is a diabetic, and then that would mean that I ate it all. Yeah. So... Um, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong with that? And I felt that I could keep the satan a little bit at bay. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, I am laughing. Here's here's what I want to do. I want us to have a series of show called Life is Great, Just, Co- Just Coast With It, How to Coast When Life is Awesome. <laughs> because every time we pick a theme for our show for the month, uh-huh. that it's like I get to experience it the um, month prior or a couple weeks prior to the show, so I really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, is uh, here's the thing. Do you think that that's just Jackie doing wild magic? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, actually, I have to. I, I have to change that answer. I think what I'm what I'm doing is I'm I'm doing a little intuitive predictive stuff. Uh-huh. We, we were talking about this before. Um, um, the theme for April, or excuse me. Yeah, April. This is April. Was supposed to be getting back to basics, but I I changed it, and I thought I could have sworn I was using because um, I set up themes for our newsletters and uh-huh. and specials and stuff um, prior the pretty much the year prior by October of the year prior I've got the next year's set out just so we know what we're doing for marketing and everything, uh-huh. and I could have sworn I was using April's theme about change. 
dealing with change or um, embracing change and, and rolling with it or getting into the energy of it, I swear to God that's what it was. And then, and then when we're working on newsletter stuff, you're like, no, it's supposed to be about getting back to basics. I'm like, no, I've been writing about change, and I even did the the show description. And so, and then you just start laughing because she goes, well, astrologically and, and kabbalistically, that's what April's all about. Yes. And I said, well, apparently I'm learning about that. <laughs> I'm intuitively grasping that. So I, I just did. I just changed it. Change, boom, boom. But I just put that in there, and you, you were laughing at me. Which, what you see, I guess, when you're like a balls, you can make up like a balls. I don't even know J O B, but I'm like a balls. <laughs> Really, uh, the after we've moved past Pesach or Passover or Easter, um, we move into an interesting period because in Christianity, um, it's called Pentecost, I think. Um, yes. My Christianity is not as good as my Judaism. Um, <laughs> That's not, for obvious reasons. Not that good either. <laughs> um, we move into Pentecost, which is, you know, there was, I think, 40 days or something, you know, while Jesus was running around, you know, um, you know, talking to people, um, you know, before he ascended up to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then um, in Kabbalah, there is the counting of the Omer. Now, the counting of the Omer is an interesting thing because it's kind of like um, when uh, the best way for me to kind of describe it, and Jung kind of uh, took this particular philosophy. Most people don't know that the 12-step program is very, very Jungian-influenced because um, the third member of Alcoholics Anonymous was actually a, um, a patient of Carl Jung's. And when Jung was constructing or all of the stuff in regards to um, Alcoholics Anonymous is very much based on um, many concepts in Jungian psychology. Um, what he took, Jackie, is that, you know, all of the, um, I don't know if you've ever, ever been involved in any 12-step programs, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, that there's um, the whole concept of 90 meetings in 90 days, um, uh, you know, the first 90 days are the hardest, you know, type of, um, True. Uh, of, of thought process. Really what that is is kind of like the counting of the Omer. You have this, you've freed yourself now from the slavery, okay? You know what the problem is. You know what your fears are. You know what your negative loves are, which Jackie and I talked about last week. Um, and by the way, I got a lot of raves about that show, girl. Oh, good. I, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But I got a lot of raves about that show, so I'm quite happy. <laughs> um, so um, we're now moving into the particular period of that readjustment um, of beginning a particular process of a new life. And I think that that is, um, uh, you, you know, basically the concept of that, if you want to put it down to uh, to um, simple language, is that change is, is hard stuff, you know, and that whenever we begin something new, whether it be, uh, you know, new habits or removing negative habits, and Jackie and I are going to be talking about a lot of this stuff through the month, the month of April, but, uh, you know, whenever you're starting to do something new from that particular perspective, Jackie, um, it is kind of like learning to walk again. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you on that. It, it really is, because um, 
what you want to what you really want to do is you want to get back on your hands and knees and crawl. That's the old habit. So when you have a new habit of, of walking, staying on those two feet, it's very wobbly, and you're really tempted to just fall back down and crawl again, or yeah. scoot on your butt, as it were, with some children. <laughs> but, and dogs. And dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's when that that is well, that creating that new habit. That's the epitome of of avoiding failure. I mean, that's really where we fail, right there. We don't fail in the intent. We don't fail in the desire to create a new habit. Where the failure comes in is when when you actually have to do it. When that good idea at the time becomes, oh, I got to carry it through right now. That's why people don't finish um, finish things at all, or finally open that business, or finally lose that thirty pounds, or or change their behavior with their kids, or whatever it is. Um, that's because it's right there. It's counting the omer. Yeah. Now, tell, explain again what that that means. Basically, what is omer? Uh, omer. Basically, what it is, Jackie, is it's fifty days from the first day. The, yeah, the first day of Passover mm-hmm. um, until what is called Shavuot, and Shavuot was when Moses received the tablets on Mount Sinai. Um, It is a process that is considered hard and difficult. Um, It is usually a particular period in which people begin to become very frustrated, and even if you look at it, Jackie, in regards to our day-to-day life symbolism, okay, as we go through the counting of the Omer, of course, that's going to go into the middle of May, okay? Um, right around the middle of May is when the temperatures are in the 60s and the 70s <laughs> and the 80s, sometimes the 90s. It's getting really, really warm, and people wanting to go out to the beach and to the barbecues. Mm-hmm. But it's not summer yet. <laughs> right. You know, or they're itchy to go on their summer vacation, or they're itchy to do uh, uh, these particular things. And, you know, um, many places in the country, you know, for example, at um, some schools, Jackie, they have particular dates in which you can then, you can turn on the air conditioning. Right. You can't uh, turn it on until then. Yeah, you can't turn it on until, like, May 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what do you do when it's 100 degrees in April? <laughs> you sweat. You sweat. So it is kind of this, uh, or, you know, it gets into the, uh, the, the even, the, you know, normal, ordinary people like us. You know, 75, open up the windows, don't spend the money on the air conditioning, you know, because it's going to be 40 that night anyway. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because the temperatures will still be cool at night. So there's this kind of irritating change of seasons type of uh, thing as we move into the two major seasons, which is winter and summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these particular adjustment periods are basically what people go through, and I think that that is why it is really, really annoying. Now, the interesting thing is that right in the middle of um, the counting of the Omer, there's actually a holiday which is called Lag Biomer, and it is basically one of the most positive days of the year. So um, uh, it's kind of the halfway point um, uh, in regards to the change process. So, you know, you've made it 45 days! Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! I've made it 45 days. Uh, Christianity doesn't do it in a similar way. One of the things that I don't like about um, modern Christianity um, 
even though that the Catholics have a little bit of it um, uh, in regards to the ritualistic seasonal based stuff. Um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, they don't have uh, a lot of um, ritual embraced in this. And basically, even if you look at it, Jackie, from a farming point of view, right now people are starting to till, they're starting to plant their stuff. Um, where the ground has thawed out, you know, for many people it'll be later in the month, but, uh-huh. you know, um, where the ground has started to thaw out, they're starting to plant and they're doing all of that stuff, and then you have to wait. Yep. So in many ways, you know, you're planting the seeds now for your future harvest, but what do you have to do? You have to wait, and I think that that is a difficult thing for people. And it's so, frustrating. So, I of course, as we're chatting, I... I um, looked at Pentecost. Okay. So you ran to the Google. Yeah, my Google's not working. I don't know what's going on today for Google. Oh. I've got everything, but I, if I go to Google.com, nothing. i got nothing. Oh. Um, Our spirit guide is not assisting us today. I know. <laughs> Our Google God. Um, but um, Pentecost is 50 days after Easter Sunday. Yeah. So 50 days, that's 50 days. Um, and... Um, it commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and other followers of Jesus. So that's fascinating to me because after Jesus ascended, he's gone. Yeah. And they're left holding the bag for 50 days. So that is that proof of belief moment. Yeah. Where you have no idea what the hell to do. <laughs> you just... You just landed on a desert island and you're going, all right, I don't know how to survive here. I, I'm i left with only my my connection with the divine yeah. and with my spiritual teachings, and that's all I've got. Mm-hmm. And that's when you you and the light hang out. Yeah. So, yep, that's that 50 days of, of uncomfortableness, of, of limbo, really. Um. So that you um, that that change, you have to, and any change has to have that that time of being immersed. You know, and even the, there's many um, Protestant, I guess that's probably the word for it. Uh, uh, many of the Protestant um, uh, ministers that I do have respect for, Jackie, um, but um, uh, when it comes down to uh, the ritualistic stuff. I mean, they don't have these particular builds up. Even in paganism, you have um, the build ups between the holidays. You know, of course, people really only celebrate two or three in paganism, which I still have not gotten. They love Samhain, they love Yule, and they love Beltane because they can screw. Um, <laughs> but really, that's all that they talk. About. <laughs> uh, right, and and I was, um, of course, Facebook, our new our new um, news media of the world. Yeah. Um. It was interesting, you know. I've I've known about the Ostara um, <clears throat> connection to Easter, as that's part of uh, part of the 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 myth of Easter and why yeah. it has bunnies and eggs. And then um, and then people are posting about Ishtar, which is supposed to really be pronounced Easter, Easter. Um, and <clears throat> so that was a new one. I had, that's the first time I'd, I'd seen that. But Jackie, don't you think it's getting to a point where everybody is just trying to amalgamate things to fit them into their belief system? 
I was yeah, I was not feeling it. I was not feeling it on that that whole thing and I I I think sometimes we lose we lose where it came from because so much history has been lost. Yes. There's the there's the it's like the missing link. And so all we do all we can have is theories. Yeah. Some things have have um an unbroken chain. Some things absolutely have an unbroken chain because they they were so strong, et cetera. But you know, um, Beltane was way more important than um, Ostara as far as as far as the wheel of the year. It really was. I mean, because that was um, that was when people really it's warm out. We or hopefully it's warm out. We can come out and frost. Yeah, and you wear little clothes so you get horny. Right. So I don't know if it's cold out and I'm wearing a little bit of clothes. That is not on my mind. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just trying. And, you know, you're looking at some guy with, what did you call him, a Carhartt jacket? That's not real appealing, you know. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, the Calvin Klein ribbed tank top, and he's nice and broad, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, seven of them in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just keep using that same image over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so... So it's it's um I cannot really to be honest with you there are so many people who are reconstructionists in the pagan world that have um and and I'm talking about basically western european paganism because there's so many other traditions out there that they're not even touched upon. Yeah. I mean there's there's a um I was just having a conversation with um some folks is on Easter we were doing I was doing a photo shoot of candles on Easter I thought that was highly appropriate. And um, and I was talking to um, Angela and Gordy, and they were talking, and they're Hindu. Um, they're converted Hindu, and so they were talking about what else is going on in the Hindu religion at that time. So, and I wish I I wanted to, you know how when somebody tells you something, you're like, oh my god, that's amazing, and you feel like you'll never forget uh-huh. until about five minutes later, you go, oh, I really should have written that down. So, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so we've got way more during this time than than just this Western European Christian and and um, Jewish tradition. I mean, there's yeah. all over the world, and we, basically there's universal times that are recognized. But mostly we um, in the pagan world we looked at it as um, spring equinox. Yeah. So. Which, which is why I am shocked, Jackie, that they don't give. You would think that the spring, <clears throat> that they would be all screaming around the cult of Persephone. You know, I don't get the, I really don't get some of the the pagan amalgamation. Um, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, is because um, um, American paganism is based on um, a, a lineage that comes from Crowley, and and Crowley is is a Western European person, so. Um, so that's where his lineage comes from, from the Golden Dawn and all that stuff. It's, it's all Western European. It's all white boy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we're stuck on this. I mean, if it was a bunch of Hindu folks bringing this over, we would have a completely different view on paganism. Yeah. So, so I'm not, um, I'm not questioning that. I just, I just find this this time of change that that this is this time of change. I, I thought I was just going to do some back to basics. Um, stuff and I'm like, no, you're about change, lady, because that's what I'm experiencing on a yeah. really, um, a really core level. 
I'm I'm being faced with, and I'm not alone. You and I have talked about this. You're being faced with um, some really deep value level core changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, I, I don't think we're alone. I don't think any of our listeners are alone. They're going. That's what I'm experiencing. Yeah, you know the um, uh, you know my um, uh, uh, a particular process at this particular point is more getting rid of a lot of things out of my life than. Um, and you know, here is the thing, Jackie. I thought that I was you know in my my period of isolation and cocoonism. Um, uh, you know, I was trying to prevent the world from coming in, okay? Mm-hmm. And now what I'm finding is that I was preventing all the negative world. <laughs> I was allowing the negative world to come in. <laughs> right. And now I was getting rid of it all. Um, uh, well, isn't that what change, I mean, evolution requires, and, and change and evolution are the same thing, but uh, doesn't evolution require a shedding yes. before you can have a growth? Yes. So so that's, I mean, it's required that you get rid of stuff. Because if you continue to grow without getting rid of stuff, that's called cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's called that's called hoarding. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And um, uh, we know that I'm too much of a clean freak for the hoarding thing. But, um, uh, but, uh, you hoard your clean wipes. <laughs> your wet wipes. I'm only a book hoarder, really. So, um, uh uh, you know, which I'm actually, you know, interestingly enough, and it's probably going to be painstaking for me, Jackie, huh. but um, a lot of the books that I have that I've read once, and I'm going, and I'm kind of going down my bookshelf going, you know, am I ever actually going to ever use that book again? Oh, you and me both. I'm looking at my bookshelf on these books that I've moved five times. Now, you haven't moved in a long time, so they're just there. Yeah. But um, but I just actually I just moved my bookshelves around again this past week. And and you know here here is the the litmus test that I'm putting it on, and it's probably going to cost me a little bit of coin, Jackie. But I don't care. To, to, you know, for a, a free bookshelf for new books, it's worth. It. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, uh, but. Uh, you know, I'm going through the books and saying, "Am I ever going to read it again?" If it's not, it's going into a box, and um, I'm going just going to bring them to the library. But um, uh, you know, I'm going through them in that methodical sort of way. Am I going to use this? And then my next question is: Is you know, I, I may use it a couple of times. Can it be got on the Kindle? Oh, yeah, you're making some enemies right there. I yeah. know that because I've made them because I love my Kindle. Yeah, and. Um, but I'm I'm like staring at my bookshelf right now while you're saying that, going, "Oh, I totally resemble." Well, you know that there is a big, huge drama going on on the internet, don't you? Oh, which one? Oh, girl, this is a big one. What? Amazon has bought Goodreads, and Goodreads is a social network for book readers and authors and um, uh, people of that particular ilk. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, basically what the authors and the publishers are worried about is that with a major book distributor owning it, Mm -hmm. um, that it's going to become amalgamated. And I have heard of um, authors defriending people, Jackie, if they even look like they're pro-Amazon. 
That's sad for them. And I don't get this because you know what, Jackie, you're you're a published author. Um, uh, you probably do a lot of sales through Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the biggest book distributor in the freaking world. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to alienate them? No, no, I'm not because, um, well, you know, I understand the fear. I really understand that fear. There's, there's a lot of fear around the electronic media and people being able to copy your book and distribute it, and then you lose sales, et cetera. Well, I got to tell you, I think the easier it is for your book to be purchased at a reasonable price, the um, the the easier it will be purchased. For instance, there was um, in the middle of of um, a crisis that I was having at at Coventry of of uh, transitioning personnel, et cetera. And my mentor said, "Get this book called uh, Fire Someone Today," which yeah. I, the, the the title cracks me up. So I called the local Barnes and Nobles, and they didn't have it. And um, I looked it up on Amazon, and there it was, available for Kindle for nine ninety nine. Yeah, I can do that. I didn't even have to spend the gas. So. So I I grabbed it, started reading it, got through 50% of it in in the weekend, and then called my my sister and business partner and said, you need to read this too. She said, okay, I'll order it. I said, no, you need to read it on on Kindle. Now, if I didn't have that, I never would have read the book. Yeah. And and then I ordered a paper copy. So I had a paper copy because that's something I'll reference again, Uh and I'll hand to people, and I think I then um, purchased it and sent it to two other Kindles. Well, exactly, and this is the thing. I mean, I've even done it with you, Jackie. I like a book, I just, you know, buy it for you. You know, it's, and it's that freaking simple. Yep. Yeah, I really, really like this book. You know, you'll like it. I can do it in two clicks. You don't have to wait any amount of time. I can text you, and I can say, Jackie sent you a book. You open up your uh, email, press one button, it's on your Kindle. So, so I think that there's more and more, I'm watching more and more people walking around with their Kindles. But here's the interesting thing. I have a lot of friends who have Kindles. They read their Kindles religiously, and then they go to the library. They don't get library books in their Kindle. What they do is is now they – it's just this interesting thing. It's like they want – they go to the library, and they're they're using the library more with for the hardcover books. I don't know. It's just it, – it's, it's just this weird change, and we just got to watch how it plays out. And I'm watching how it plays out because um, I think there's with oh and and with Kindle, with Kindle or with any e-reader, there is such a huge amount of information free on that now, which yeah. is um, you would still have to go pay for that book whether it's at a used bookstore or not. But a lot of the classics are free now, and yeah. so so people are back to reading classics. I mean, it's just this weird change. We just have to watch how it goes. I'm not a Luddite. I love technology, and I'm I'm ready to see where, where it's going to take us. And I know we've got to take a break. We, we have to take a break. I just want to make one point. Um, one of the things that I'm noticing, Jackie, actually, which I think that authors should really take a very, very deep look at, okay, I have, for example, Coventry Magic. I have a signed copy from you. Of course. That I got as a gift. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a copy 
because of the fact that um, Wiser sends me uh, copies of books to review. Uh-huh. Um, I've got one that I bought to support my friend, and I've got one on Kindle that I bought to support my friend. Yep. You know, so actually, you know, what I see, and I'm sure that it's not just me alone in regards to this. For example, um, I'm a raving um, James Patterson fan. I love James Patterson. Love, love, love that man. I love his books, um, um, and I buy the hard copy versions, Jackie, but I don't read the hard copies anymore. Right. They're in my book collection, you know, that I will pass on to uh, those that are lucky enough to get my books. <laughs> um yeah, I've read authors who never got published their only e-books, and I've really enjoyed them, but they don't have a big enough following to to be published in paper books. Yeah. So it's it's a sea change, I think, that's going on in the whole publishing industry. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, many, um, uh, uh, you know, authors really need to re-look at that particular situation because the last thing that you want to do as an author is really tick off the distributor because you know what? They have this wonderful little thing that's called a delete key. Mm-hmm. And you have no book sales. Um, uh, so, you know, people really need to, before they begin reacting, I think that they really need to look at things. And a lot of this has to do with this wonderful little word that's called the satan, which Jackie and I will be talking about, about when we right. um, give back. Do not touch that dial. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Here's a little bit of share.
And welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. I am Storm Sestavani, and it is 4.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. Um, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. Um, and if you have any kind of problems in your life, Coventry, of course, is the sponsor of this show, and it is through your purchases through um, the website to help keep this show on the air. So if you have a problem in your life at all, whether that, that is a love life problem, whether that, that is a career struggle, or you need to find a job, you need to get rid of some negative people out of your life, you you name it, we got a candle for that. So just cruise on over there and check that out. And by the way, go with the platinum card because you'll need it. Um, uh, Jackie, I got a, um, well, before I get to our couple of letters that we got, um, uh, uh, with some pretty interesting questions. I just have to tell you, I am never, ever, ever going to do an April Fool's joke blog again. I got so much grief, it is incredible. <laughs> never say never. I mean, maybe that's just going to be your thing now. You know, I, the, I, I do remember I when, do you remember when Christian Day did his April Fool's thing last year, talking about he was um, closing his stores? No. He was closing his store in Salem? Uh, Hex. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um I we were on the phone with each other and went, Oh shit, it's April first, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I had so many people calling me about that, it was hilarious. And I'm like, Call him, I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that was funny. Um it it was just uh with all the changes and stuff going on I just um Anyway, keep going with what you're saying. I had an idea, but you got to continue with what you're going. Well, well basically, basically, I mean, I got you know some emails, of course, from people you know um, uh, that were going to slap me. A couple emailed me and said, "Oh my God, you almost had me," um, you know, and I was worried. You uh-huh. know, the um, uh, another one from a listener said, "Oh my God, you know, they didn't read the whole thing, Jackie. They read the first two sentences. Does this mean that Keep It Magic is going off of the?" And I was just like, read the whole post. Right. Um, you know the, uh, uh, you know because really what I'm retiring from is at the bottom of the post. <laughs> right. Right. I love that. I love that you're retiring from the drama and the negativity and, and the gossip that, backstabbing. <laughs> and boy, I I got to tell you, when you refuse to engage in it, mm-hmm. when you go, oh, I see what that is. I'm out. Yeah. It's it's amazing how clear your life is. Yeah, it 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 it, it is very very interesting. And the uh, uh, you know what what I noticed is that you know once I started to get um, all the negative out of my life, Jackie, I have never been busier. Yep. Ever. I don't even have time to plan shows anymore. That's how busy I am. I know. It's really funny. <laughs> I don't even have time. You know, the uh, that's but how busy I, I am. I, You know, but here's what I love is that because um, when you get rid of that negativity in your life, you don't have to compensate for it. So the flow is easier. I mean, I think, I know, we, so we don't have to, you don't have time to plan shows, but us, not, we used to plan shows to the minutia. Okay, here's what we're going to talk about in the first segment, uh-huh. and, ha- and then we're going to transition into talking about this in the second segment, and then we're going to transition talking about this in the third segment. And now we're like, so what are we talking about? General overall topic. All right, I know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. But but because our shows have become much more organic and yeah. um, not as contrived, it's it's I I love it. I'm less nervous. <laughs> Can you believe? I was nervous on the shows. Could you tell? <laughs> no. <laughs> you 
natural, Jackie. You know, oh, that's why, that's why I'm, I'm, not worthy. Post that I'm so proud of you. I'm not worthy. So, okay, so let's talk about some of the letters you got concerning change. and. I'm and trying to get the, the uh, email thing to open right now, but it's being a schmageggy. Um, so do you want me to start? Oh, here it you? is, here it is, here it is. <laughs> um, we had a letter from uh, a, a listener that was talking about, um, well, she basically says, I have need of your Kabbalah expertise. Well, that was obviously before you. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, the individual is going through some issues in regards to um, the devil in regards to some clients. And she says, um, she asked her friend, she says, it sounds like you found um, your client Satan. And then she asked if I've written any articles on the Kabbalah lessons around the Satan that they could read. No, I haven't written any uh, uh, lessons on the Satan. Something coming this summer. Um, <laughs> there's something coming this summer. Hint, okay. hint. Um, the, uh, what the Satan in Kabbalah is, um, is that, number one, we the word Satan is a Christian construct, not... Um, a Hebraic construct. Um, okay. In Hebrew, it's actually called the Satan. Um, the Satan? No, and it's <laughs> called the Satan, which translates into opponent. Then it is, you know, this pitchforked um, individual. And if you go into, uh, I think probably the best descriptor, if you really want to get an idea of what the Satan is, is probably to read the Book of Job. Um, uh, out of the Bible, which is, you know, the saga on its own. But um, uh, what the opponent is, is that it's a natural function that exists um, inside of us that is basically the kind of like the thorn in our side that forces us to grow and change. Um, uh, even though that we look at um, the Satan from a negative lens, you know, oh my God, you know, I ate that cheesecake, you know, um, uh, you know, or I was battling the Satan all morning because the cheesecake was on the counter. Um, really, oh my God, I was doing that all yesterday evening because uh, I bought some, <laughs> I bought some, um, some half-off Easter candy for the staff because we'll, uh-huh. I'll bring in chocolates for them every now and again, especially if we're all dragging. Yeah. And I knew they were in my car, and I was in my jammies, and I started putting clothes on to go out and get a piece. Yeah. And I said, this is the Satan right here, and and I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm eating an orange and thinking about that chocolate. <laughs> well, basically, I mean, if you look at it, Jackie, from any form of perspective, okay, really we don't value as human beings that which we haven't worked for, really. Um, you know, because it creates what we call the bread of shame in, in Kabbalah. We haven't worked for it. Well, um, and, and here's my theory about that, mm-hmm. is if I didn't have to work for it, then I can just go get it again so it doesn't hold any value. Exactly. So basically, if, you know, instantly you wanted to make some form of change in regards to your life and there was no painful process involved with it or anything that you didn't have to resist or experiences that created a newer and better you after the end of that particular period of change, um, nobody would value change in any way, and we would already be Zadiks, or perfect spiritual creatures, so we wouldn't even be here. I mean, you know, we'd all be floating around, you know, in a cosmic paradise, you know, owning our own planets and having everlasting celestial sex with the Mormons. Um, 
and, in, our, in our magical underwear. Yeah, yeah in, our, in our magical underwear and have our own planets. But, um, uh, you know, first of all, I'm not that egotistic, even though I am a Leo, <laughs> 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 to aspire to have my own planet and my own magical underwear. Um, uh, but, you know, Let me get the, 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 the Satan is there basically for the purpose of allowing the individual to grow. Okay, so you can look at it. You know, we've seen it in, in contemporary literature: the classic devil on one shoulder, angel on the other, and um, uh, you, you know, in the individual having a, you know, listening to both of them have a conversation in their heads. Um, the antagonist who forces someone to be more than they ever thought they could be. Yes, you know, you see it in, in fairy tales in regards to, you know, uh, you know, a, a girl wanting a man, and um, you know. She she goes to Rumpelstiltskin, and, you know, she's willing to give the thing that she most values the most, and then, you know, it ends up being her firstborn child. Um, uh, you, you know, we're all constantly making deals in many ways. Um, uh, and it is through the process of making those particular deals that um, uh, we are able to grow and able to change. Now, in astrology, what that is is the planet Saturn, okay, which I talked about in depth last week. Right. Um, uh, you know, uh, Saturn is the you know is the Saturn. Um, it is where our fears are operative. Operative. But here is the interesting thing: even to go into the Christian side of the word Saturn now, the word Lucifer, Jackie, actually means light bringer. Yeah. Okay. So basically, and it is in the chart, when you really master Saturn, okay, that is basically where the gold is buried in the chart. It's where the hidden treasure is, okay? So it's usually filled with a lot of fears and uh, anxieties, you know, and, and there's a whole list on my website of the fears that are associated with them. Once you master that particular area, though, you receive something for that particular hard work that is actually a treasure in regards to your life, Okay. Um, uh, uh, you know, so, for example, Saturn in Aries has an issue in regards to, um, let me pick on Jackie, um, Saturn in Aries, because she's the easiest target. <laughs> I just laid yeah. it open there. Saturn in Aries, uh, you know, really has uh, an issue with feeling like people um, are, are going to stop them on their journey or, you know, not uh, prevent them in some way from achieving their victory uh, you know, they have some issues with that. Um, it is an unconscious fear. Once they get to that particular unconscious fear, Jackie, and they realize, you know what, you know what, I am the person that is my own creator. Why am I worried about these other people at all? That's where they have their, their breakthrough, okay? And that particular self-esteem and that confidence in that real victory is basically at the end of the day what really matters to them. Okay, um, so there's always something underneath that with Saturn and Taurus, which I have. Okay, uh, which is the fear of change. Um, uh, you, um, uh, you know, realizing that life is about change, and the one consistent thing in life, the one thing that's never going to change in life, is the fact that life is going to change. Right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, once you can embrace that and go with the particular flow and build real values. 
um, as a result of uh, of that understanding. You know, you get to the gold underneath that. And I think that it is when we work through our particular issues with the Satan um, that that's where we get to the real gold. I think he is, you know, the taskmaster. How hard are you going to work to get beyond me? Yes. Because as you were talking about this initially, I was thinking about my own personal different satans. I think I think we have more than one. It just depends on the subject. Or maybe we have just one giant one and, and, and they're plug and play on whatever subject yeah. you're talking about. Um, looking at this as as the opportunity, as the resistance, as the thing that's going to actually feed you the most energy to overcome. Um, because it's it's going to bring you the most light. Yes. Uh, in the long run. So rather than it's the thing that defeats you, it's it's just it's the simple thing that says you're on the right path. Uh-huh. Um, and and I've I've said that many times. I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly the way you have to look at it. Because when you're on the right path, your fears or your your satans are going to get uglier. But but if it, sometimes if the path is too easy, oh, this is too easy to do, um, which is a different kind of satan, I think. Uh-huh. Um, when something seems too good to be true, it's because it's just gonna it's fitting right in with with what your fears want you to do. Uh-huh. I just find that. Do you find that to be kind of true? Are you yeah. feeding into whatever your ego is is saying? Oh yeah, that's you. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's it is it's a hard. I mean, we we put ourselves through a hard road, but the re, the return on it is so great. Big risk, big return. The where I have a little bit of a difficulty with is that you know, of course, our great Judeo-Christian inheritance, okay, wants to make um, the Satan now Satan. Um, an outside entity, okay? And uh, my difficulty with, my large difficulty with Christianity, um, especially fundamental Christianity, um, is because it doesn't really value the individual in many ways. Um, If you achieve something, you achieved it because God blessed you. If you have any form of negativity that's in your life, it's because you're doing battle with the Satan, which is seen as an outside energy rather than an inside energy. Um, Whereas, I think that the the biblical creation story on its own, Jackie, is a wonderful metaphor of, um, uh, you know, a deity um, uh, creates the planet and, you know, creates... um, uh, Adam and Eve, and, um, you know, it is a natural um, uh, human expression, Jackie, to want to achieve and become um, our own givers of light. We want to go with, uh, you know, and, and help other people rather than just receive. Um, and that's basically where the serpent comes in, okay, because he kind of creates the passageway um, to allow individuals the process of earning light on their own because it's after the, you know, um, the snake pushes Eve up against a tree and an apple flies out and, you know, lands in her mouth. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> Trips her a little bit. 
first we're little, she eats of it, you know, and then, you know, Adam eats of it. And she fell right on that. You know, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Adam eats of it, and God says, Adam, why are you eating the apple? She made me do it. Right. <laughs> you know, that evil witch, you know, over here that you created um, made me do it. Um, well, so uh, if, if you look at this this um, concept, as you're talking about it, it, it brings to mind um, what scientists or 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 psychologists um are are saying that our society has just proven which is within generation y yeah where um a generation y was the first generation that was it was raised by um the baby boomers and that was the first generation where the parents actually went out to make their children's lives easier than the way they had it yeah and at that time, that made total sense, didn't it? Yes. Um, where the traditionalists who raised the baby boomers said, no, you need to know the value of hard work. You need to know the value of struggle. Because when you know the value of struggle, you can value the things around you. So when the baby boomers were raised in the Generation Ys, which are from like age 17 to I think age 35, or right around 30, uh-huh. 30 to 35, those are the ones that say, oh, my iPod's broken, or my I, I dropped my iPhone and I shattered the screen. Huh, I'll just get a new one. So it, it left room for a disposable phone yeah. to get a new one. So do you see what I'm saying? It's like, so that's, that's something that we're experiencing society with that, that young entitlement. So what's interesting is that they're showing how these kids, you know, from 17 to like 35, they're still kids in my world, um, that were raised in that way and that energy of, of entitlement, they're showing how they're lost. They don't know, they're lear- They're so desperate to be valued because they don't feel valued because they don't know how to value. Well, do you want to know what the biggest question that's asked by Generation Y when they go on a job interview is? Huh. How much time am I going to get off? Number one question, um, uh, you know, and I think that that is, of course, it's in, in many ways because Generation X went through a lot of difficulty in regards to uh, realizing that the modern world was a big old sham. Okay, and this uh-huh. is the difficulty with Gen X. They were all told you need to become this, this, and this. And your life is going to be wonderful. You're going to go to work nine to five. You're going to come home. You're going to get a blow job. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to have your dinner, uh-huh. um, uh, which is going to be this wonderful meal. And then you're going to go to bed and rinse and repeat, and everything is going to be this very, very pleasant um, uh, experience for you. And then once Generation X, which is Jackie and I, um, got out of college. After we majored in all of these things, there were no jobs really available in those particular fields that were paying any form of amount of money at all. And the whole idea of going to work someplace for 50 years was done. Right. 
it didn't exist anymore. So it was a big, huge, gigantic sham. So what Generation X did is that they became the workaholic, uh, work-obsessive um, uh, generation, uh, you know, that, that has done nothing but work. Um, uh, and, you know, as a result of it, the reason they did that was to make sure that their children had everything that they wanted, which is why the entitlement of Generation Y um, is so strong, because they really have not had to put out any form of real effort. And they're adjusted to the idea of, you know, the likelihood of me going to go to work at a place and be there for five years is very minimal. Yeah. You know, and they're always looking for the BBD, the bigger and better deal. Um, well, and, and, so, and so what we have is that energy of, of the Satan that yeah. you were ta- talking about, which is there's no resistance. There was no resistance in, in them coming up. There is no resistance in their childhood. There is no short circuit, not short circuit, that's not what I want to say, but no um, saying that you have to work hard for this. Um, they were raised on the bread of shame. And and so where, of course, everyone gets, you know, um, when I was young, um, we got one Christmas present and a couple little things in our stockings. Uh-huh. From Santa, of course, um, and that was it. And I had some friends who got, like, three things maybe, and then I had some friends who got a ton of stuff. Uh-huh. But now um, it's insane. Yes. It's insane where there's, you know, there's, there's. Well, let's just leave the Christmas tree out because there's no room for it because of all the presents there, and and where, you know, um, you can do laptop every year or whatever the case is. So there's no, there's no um, um, tension there. There's no resistance. There's no struggle. And I, think I think that the most expensive gift I got as a child, Jackie, was maybe a new stereo. You got one of those? Yeah. Damn! I got a sweater. Oh. Well, it sucks to be you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but I needed that stereo to escape. So, God bless <laughs> me, Jackie. <laughs> so, so what? Um, and you don't understand it as a kid. You yeah. feel so put upon as a kid. So I'm, I'm watching this like, like late baby boomers towards the end of the baby boomers generation and the beginning of the Gen Xers felt so. They, it's like they didn't grow up. But anyway, that's a different different subject. Well, well here, here is – I will give you an example of that, and then I want to segue over into some crazy stuff when we get back. But um, uh, the – I was talking to a client um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and somehow during the, the conversation, the, the discussion of music came up. And I told her, I said, I remember being a teenager, Jackie, and having to work my behind off to go get a new CD. Mm-hmm. You know, because after you did your little things that you needed and stuff like that, um, uh, uh, you know the uh, you know the little extras that you had, a fourteen dollars CD back then. Yes, they were fourteen dollars back then as well. Yeah, no <laughs> it has gone down in price. <laughs> um, uh, but that was a lot of money in that particular day and age. Um, you could get a pizza back then for three bucks. So I mean, a CD was like outrageous amounts of uh, of money. Um, uh, but um, you know, we didn't have the ability to download music or just go listen to music off of YouTube. You had the radio and your little cassette recorders that you pushed the little button to record off of the radio. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, you know, you know, that's basically the way that it was when we were children. A CD was actually a luxury. Now, Jackie, they don't even they just 
conceptually believe that music should just be free, that there should, you know, artists, uh, they're just naturally, the moment that you record a song, you're rich. How do you think they get there? Yeah, um, uh, but, you know, that there is not any form of value um, in regards to things, and I think that that is because of the fact that the satan was less. The difficulty is, is that generations' wise children are going to be like the baby boomers. You know, because it's going to be circumstances in which, you know, the stock market is going to continue to crash. There's not going to be, um, uh, you know, as much stability. Um, uh, And because there's not stability, what you're going to give birth to is children that are going to look at their parents as being these unstable creatures that were just wandering around clueless. Um, uh, And as a result of that, they're going to be like the baby boomers. Yeah, well, we got to take another break, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. And then we're going to get into some good stuff. Yeah, with the freaky stuff. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Keep It Magic, Jackie, and I'll be back in a flash with demons and entities and all kinds of other things. But don't, 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 uh, don't touch away. that dial. Don't go away. I know a girl, she gets what she wants all the time. But for an angel, she's a hot, hot mess Make you so blind, but you don't mind Cause she's an uptown, get around Yeah. 
welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani. It's currently five minutes after the hour of five here on the East Coast. That means it's 2.05 p.m. on the West Coast, or I think, Jackie, it is now 12.05 in the afternoon. Yeah, 12.05. It's either 11.05 or 12.05 in the afternoon in Hawaii where Beth just got a new house. She bought one. God bless her poor soul. God bless her. God bless her. I am not coming because I have rock fever. Um, (laughs) What fever? I've been there once, Jackie, and it was like um, not good. Oh, you didn't like being surrounded by water? I didn't like being surrounded by water, and I didn't like feeling like I couldn't escape. Uh, Interesting for a man who keeps his world small. Very interesting. Yeah, it was just really, really weird. Just so you know, Beth. Just so you know, Beth, send me a plane ticket. I'm there. Yeah. Jackie will go. <laughs> Jackie can have my room. <laughs> I'll bring my daughter. Everybody will have a good time. Yeah, exactly. I'll make my husband buy his own tickets. <laughs> but she is saying uh, we have to trank him and get him here. You would have to. But I would need to be on the tranks all the time. You know, Jackie would have to give me a Klonopin every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your Klonopin drink. <laughs> um, I... It's interesting, Jackie, in the chat room, when I said we were going to talk about freaky stuff, they all got excited. I'm kind of worried. Well, you know, we do we, we do good freaky talk. Speaking of freaky stuff, just as a, as a sidebar, real quick, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that the story is really short. So I'm in the kitchen this morning with my husband, and um, we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden this battery is rolling across the floor. Uh-huh. And we can't figure out where it came from. Okay. <laughs> Like, seriously, this is, it. like, we heard it drop to the floor, but there was nothing on the table, and roll across the floor all the way from him to me. I am not going to, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> we decided we're going to start wiring the house. there's very few devices now, Jackie, that use batteries, and most of them belong in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, it wasn't that good. Yeah. We were in the kitchen. Yeah. The kitchen. And I do not want to turn this into the Do I Own a Hitachi show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, we're we're laughing that. Um that's exactly what we said. Somebody needs a, somebody needs some energy. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs some energy. Although if I emailed uh Tony and told him to keep all those tools off of my radio show, he'll probably laugh. <laughs> so let's the, talk about the freaky stuff that is not sexual. Uh, okay. Um the next question that we got <laughs> is, what is the difference between Satan and an entity and a demon? Um, well, tell us, Storm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said, um, you said the Satan was, was our... It's an inner, uh, yeah. It was an inner... Opponent, yeah. Inner opponent. Yeah. Um, You've never cro- come across any entities? In your work? No. And you never come across any demons in your work? No. Okay. No, but here is the fact. I'm on the fence about the whole entity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I will tell you, when I was learning to channel, that there would be some um, particular... Um, uh, uh, energy systems 
uh-huh. that did not seem as either evolved or seemed a little bit too attached uh, than others. Okay, and they were just called kind of lower level beings. So I think the word entity is a very all-inclusive word. Yeah. I think it reminds me of that. You know, if you've ever seen Alien 2. <laughs> yeah. You know not, that. Yeah, I'm not talking about yeah. aliens, though. Aliens are aliens, damn it. But okay. entities, when I've come across them, it's like I said, it's an all-inclusive word. It could mean ghosties, dead people, um, which I see as two different things, by the way. Um, it could be elementals. It could, it's, so it's a consciousness to me. An entity is a consciousness that does not have a corporeal body. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have a body, flesh. It's not doesn't have a heartbeat. Um so that that's kind of an all inclusive word for me. So what kind of and aliens are in there too, you know, when you when you come across them. So that so so again it's all inclusive, so I I would have to say what kind of entity. But um so what's the difference? The, so the Satan is your own inner struggle. Uh-huh. Actually, my my thing is, what's the difference between the Satan and a demon? Demon is an interesting, interesting, interesting word, um, and the word is actually Christian in roots. Um, and um, Dante wrote an enormous amount about it. If you read like Inferno or Paradise Lost. Right. Um, actually, Milton wrote Paradise Lost, but um, uh, demon, and, and that was like like about five or six hundred years ago. I just have to make one comment first. It's amazing once we start talking about sex devices in Jackie's bath in Jackie's bedroom that people just start coming out of the freaking woodwork. They they, they hide, <laughs> you know, they're hiding beforehand, lurking, you know, and then they're just laughing so hard they have to, you know, make it appear it. Um, but fifteen, sixteen hundreds, Jackie demons were um, uh, uh, an operative word at that particular time. But what we know now from the from psychology, okay, is what they consider demonic um, in you know five hundred, six hundred years ago were actually psychological disorders um, that had no names at that point, like schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or paranoid personality disorder or, um, uh, you know, other uh, uh, dissociative identity disorder. Um, uh, And there was really no name for them. So basically what they felt at that time, Jackie, was that a demon was possessing them. Okay. So So what we will do, this is what I have decided. Um, I will stop taking my. <laughs> I will uh, stop taking my uh, Librium for two weeks, and then you all will be able to see a demon. <laughs> well, I, I I think that there's a little bit of both going on here because I think that um, you have. Um, so what? So I'm wondering which 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 comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does the sometimes I think we have. Um, someone who has a mental disorder and they attract um, energies that are going to feed off of that. But then I wonder sometimes if if there's an energy that then kind of creates that. So so I I think that that's literally worthy of a whole show rather than a 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, Because I think that um, as I'm as I'm interacting with, with different clients, and, and um, I do know that when I have a client who I think is mentally unstable, 
there's a lot of disruptive demonic type energy around them and i and it it feels a certain way to me um mm-hmm. when i'm when i'm in the presence of a lot of negative energy by the way i call that pluto oh <laughs> <laughs> my little astrologer yeah. is so cute um and and so so to say that all demons are just mental illness or our own personal satans really um that that's interesting to me because it really changes the way many of us look at what's going on. So I do think that there's because I've run into like a greater consciousness mm-hmm. which we can call an entity at that point, a really negative entity that that's more than just some crap ass thoughts mm-hmm. that that I've seen interfere on a real great level and I mostly see them in group levels. Mm-hmm. So it's like this entity or consciousness, like like the post office. Yeah. I have a lot of clients who work at the post office. And as I do Akashic Record work on them, I see just this huge negative entity that's it's crazy. because. Are you sure that that's not just the increase of price on stamps? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but but I've seen I've had clients that that um, or or it doesn't mean, matter what it is like that they're involved in in some group dynamics and then there's this really negative energy um, that has a consciousness um, that that doesn't want to let them go. My feeling, and this is just my personal feeling um, about because I have to, of course, create um, a. Uh, a way to work with it mm-hmm. um, more so than anything else because I'm a thinking type. Um, here is the thing. Uh, I think that uh, demonic energies, um, whether that they be psychologically based, I think that they can also be familial-based demons. Um, uh, one of the things that I think uh, is uh, afflicts the, un- the United States more so than anything else is a demon of poverty. Um, uh, and I think that that is um, uh, a particular type of energy or a particular type of collective mindset. But I think that what a demon does is it prevents you, Jackie, from being able to work, get to the point where you can work with that satan. Um, you know, if you look at Christian mythology, the demon is always an agent of the satan, okay, mm-hmm. um, or Satan. You know, I, I want to keep that separate. Um, uh, uh, you know that it's it's a, uh, an emissary. Uh, you know, um, an attribute, a, a personality of of Satan. Um, and uh, basically, I get the feeling as though that in many ways, if you were to interpret that, it would be something within the particular psyche of the individual that is um, preventing them from being able to deal with their particular um, issues. In many ways, Jackie, you, could, you, know, you know, I have hypomania. Hypomania may be a demon. Who knows? Okay. Um, uh, but basically, is there a particular point in which you can get beyond the demon in regards to getting to uh, uh, the Satan to work through your particular issues. Here is the other thing, and this is just an ethical thing that I'm going to state. I would never, ever, I don't care if I clairvoyantly saw that the Christian Satan was in somebody, Jackie. I would never, ever, ever, ever discuss it. Never. Interesting. And the reason being, Jackie, is there is a point in which I think those particular types of discussions, especially if you do not know enough about the particular client's history, 
You do not know what social circle they come from. You do not know what their religious inheritance are. Could you, Jackie, you know my, uh, my you know, that I experienced ritualistic sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, which had a religious component to it, okay? Even if it was a freaking demon, telling somebody that went through that particular type of trauma, I think would throw them more over the edge. Well, yeah, and you have to, as a, um, I think there's, your vocabulary grows uh-huh. as your experience grows. So um, when I'm working with a client, and I was working with one um, last month who, um, that's what, you know, I do Kashuk record work, and, and that's uh-huh. what I what I saw. It's a, a really negative energy form that came to them from someone else yeah. when they were little. And that has been hanging on to them. Uh-huh. So so that's and and so I'm talking to them and I go you know and so I'm describing kind of what I'm feeling and then and then that's that's as you as you um but you, I don't want to say oh, there's a demon on you because I'm because I don't that's that's a um a descriptive word I think it's I think it's more of a descriptive word than a noun yeah so um it's interfering, or it's this, or it's that. So yeah, you're right. You, you, I, you, I can understand why you wouldn't just jump in and say you got a demon on you. I mean, so because you don't know what their in this day and age, you don't know what their their religious background is and and what's going on with them. So, plus, why would you have somebody going out of your particular office, Jackie? Uh-huh. Um, or where you're, wherever you're doing work with now another additive. It reminds me of the gypsy curses. Yes, absolutely, and I don't like doing that. With if, if um, when I work with somebody, I don't bring it up unless I know uh-huh. unequivocally that we can um, clear it, work with it, whatever. Sometimes, if I see something really, and, and also it's my interpretation of what's going on too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so we, we we interpret by the way we're influenced outside of those of those readings. So I have to say, what I've experienced. Um, I've labeled that demon thing because it seems it seems the most acceptable label. But then again, you know the word angel, and I and I think some of the demons are the negative angels, and negative uh-huh. angels are there to teach us lessons. Uh-huh. We think that those are energies that are already there in the world, and we've called them to us. Yes, and in Kabbalah, it basically states that how negative angels come to exist is when we perform a negative action. And and so I think that um, sometimes we can, um, like what I've seen with with the different clients is like I see something that happens in their childhood, and the person who performs that negative action it becomes part of them, and then they kind of that the whole soul part thing where they inflict their own energy upon the other person, and that's kind of okay. how how it becomes. So. Um, so what I'm saying is that I've seen that negative energy that does not belong to the person. Because I'll ask that question: Does this belong to this person? Something they, you know, brought up or, or what? So I've seen both ways. I've seen it where they've, this is their own personal fears or whatever. But I think energy, negative energy, can collect. Yeah. Especially in a group dynamic. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. because you can't take a group and put them in psychotherapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not going to work. Um uh the uh but Jackie, my concern with the whole label of the the demon 
and things of that particular nature is because we natural we as people naturally rather than wanting to work on our own issues mm-hmm. we naturally want to project those particular issues outward onto other things Mm-hmm. And basically the whole con- the whole modern concept of a demon is this outer thing that is inflicting something upon the individual, okay? Yeah, um, that and allows you to be a victim and, and not yeah. responsible. and it allows people to stay in victim mentalities. And I'm all about, I lived for 40 years being a freaking victim. I'm not living another minute being a well, victim. Well, you know, there, there's another client that always talks about how people hook into her and drain her and, and stuff like that. And, and um, as we're working with her and... Um, back, you know, helping her clear and find out what the contracts are. And finally, it was like, listen, this is your bag. This is how you feel important by letting people hook into you and drain you. You're so important that people always hook into you. So this is your issue now. And and just earlier today, as we were, as I was talking to someone who said, you know, every time I'm interacting with this one guy, it's um, it seems like I'm helping him understand the group dynamic or I'm, there's a karmic thing, I'm here to help him understand this. And I go, well, really the way I see uh, karmic challenges, when, you, with, when you're with the same person over and over again or when you're with the same type of person, same situation, different person over and over again, it's never about the other person, it's always about you. So what do you need to learn about you? Yeah. And and so whenever you're in that situation over and over again, it's never about the people around you. It's about you. And and, and Jackie, um, uh, uh, the the issue that I think that I have, especially in regards to getting people out of victim consciousness, is it's difficult enough for me to wrestle with a client over many sessions to get them to the point in which they no longer see that their boyfriend that doesn't want to commit to them is inflicting emotional pain on them, yeah. much less now give them a demon that they have to work with. Right. <laughs> you know, that there's, there's this all-omnipotent force out there that's inflicting it on them. But um, but I do, I've seen people really call up some negative energies um, from a place of um, adrenaline, Mm-hmm. You know, the whole golden dawn, banishing pentacle ritual, blah, blah, blah. Um, and and pull up some, some energy that, that really is scary. Yeah. So I can't say that I have 100% all the answers, but, yeah, they've, they absolutely called it upon themselves. Um, it does seem greater than them. I'm, I'm not... I, I haven't I haven't reconciled that yet completely to say it's all only you because you know I'm I'm the first person to take my own shit on uh-huh, uh-huh. to say oh this is me what do I need to learn from this but I've absolutely experienced times when it's like okay what the hell is going on here you know when I when I walked into the room and all of a sudden I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack yeah um, because there's something in the room. Or, or my ghost decides to throw a battery at me. Well, also, Jackie, one is because you're an an empath mm-hmm. and highly empathic. There is a particular a particular psychological term, which is called participation mystique. Um, 
participation mystique is when you go into a group situation, Jackie, and you have all of these particular energies that are very, very focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. And as an empath, you're automatically going to pick up on that. I can tell instantly. Of course, I'm crazy, so that's probably why I uh, pick up on it instantly. And, you know, when when you go through a childhood in which you're constantly anticipating some form of abuse, you're just very, very highly in tune to those particular negative energies right away, okay? And your family background, hopefully your father's not listening, um, was not was not was not that much better than mine, but in a different way, Jackie. Um, uh, but uh, you know, so you're very, very um, uh, able to pick into that particular. Um, energy right away. And I will tell you, it's not necessarily good. A lot of my particular issues, which eventually led to an access one psychological disorder, is because of the fact that I am an empath, which I had to do healing work with your sister about. Well, so I think that I, I don't think everything, I don't think all these energies can be classified in psychological terms. I don't think we can call all of the demons that, that the, Christian, the Christians talked about back in the 1500s as all psychological issues. I do think that there are energy shifts. I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. Yeah. I do think 90% of it is our own. Mm-hmm. Even 95% of it is our own. But I do think that there's some outside influences. But you got to check your own shit first. Well, you know, he- here is the thing, Jackie, and I will disagree with you to an extent. I love when you disagree with me. I, I believe everything is psychological, okay, because I do think that a country can go into a collective psychosis as well, and we call that war. Okay. You know, when we start to uh, see something outside of ourselves and we project our negativity onto it, Jackie, Mm -hmm. and it becomes a demon, Mm -hmm. um, quote-unquote, or, you know, the axis of evil or the commies or, you know, whatever. I'm with you you 100% on that. And I think that that is uh, a, a lot of a lot of the case. And I think that you know, it, with the people like us, Jackie, we have to be very very careful. I think because we can smell those freaking collective psychoses sixteen miles away. Okay, and I where my concern is is I just want people to use responsible language because I don't know about demons. I really really don't know. Like I said, I, I'm very ambivalent about it. So so it's because it's really easy to get sucked into somebody else's yes. psychosis. Yeah. It's really easy for somebody who is in a place where they're feeling persecuted by the devil or by demons or whatever to then um really manifest that in in all of their conversations and and bring you into it so you're believing it. That's easy to have happen, and I had to learn the hard way with crazy, crazy clients. I I agree with you, and I have had, you know, uh, uh, know, in the course of my 25 years, I've done 100, 150,000 readings. Jackie, (laughs) I've had several that have come to me and have basically stated, oh, you know, I have this, uh, you you know, demon. And, you know, we just get them. <laughs> you know, they find us. Um, and in each case, Jackie... they don't know who to turn to. They don't know who to turn to. And regular psychiatry, uh, they, they're afraid of it. Um, although it would help them out the most. Um, but basically, here is the thing. In each situation, when I'm doing my little notes afterwards, Jackie, there is the word psychologically, psychologically disturbed in there. We have to go. I know. 
Um, we're at the end of the show. Cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, we have a candle for that. Jackie, in the meantime, what do they need to do? They need to keep it magic, and they need to come back because this conversation is not over. Yeah, this conversation is not over. Jackie and I will have to have some demons that we can talk to. Coming up soon, you know. If they say, get out, we're running. So don't, uh, <laughs> so don't worry about that. In the meantime, everybody, speak live. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life. It's like I'm drowning